0: Uh, To begin our discussion of this, and it will be some dialogue back and forth, uh, I'd like to ask uh, Brother Phil Nold from Norton to come up and lead us in uh, prayer.
1: Thank you. Let us pray. Dear Father... Lord, you have heard this prayer from me uh, many times. I'm going to pray it uh, again. Uh, I pray, Father, today, uh, this afternoon, for the body of Christ. Here at our church, we are part of the body, but certainly the body of Christ is much bigger than, than just uh, just our church, Father. And I see all over, I see people taking, uh, in, in some churches, people taking liberties, and people watering things down, and people preaching your your goodness without preaching your severity, and and not covering the full message and the full weight uh, of the gospel and and all the the truth of your word. And I pray, Father, that this will change. I pray that uh, churches that are doing that will see the error of their ways, and that they will make correction. And I pray this this will all be worked through your your Spirit, because when I see people uh, in large congregations, Father, they go and hear uh, uh, a message that is incomplete. I'll be honest with you; it breaks my heart. And uh, I hope that that will uh, that will change in, in many places. But I thank you, Father, for for your Word and for your truth that you have shown us. I thank you for. Uh, Eastern camp, I thank you for the work that Brother Urban has done here, and I look forward to all he has for us here uh, this afternoon, and for what you have for us for the remainder of this week. And I love, Father, uh, the message that you laid on the, uh, on people here at this church, Father, to, to teach about your holiness. And uh, a, a pastor once said, God is holy, something the Americans have forgotten, and certainly we're not uh, all just Americans here, Father, but not all of us have forgotten that you are holy. And I'm thankful that we are discussing that very important topic this week. Uh, I pray a blessing on the, on the day and a blessing on, uh, on Irwin. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Indeed, God is a holy God. So today's topic is about Ten Commandments. And one of the things that um, I think is really awesome is how when God presented the Ten Commandments, the mountain was filled with smoke. It was, it was very scary. Everybody was terrified to even come to the mountain. And it was God talking. And in one of the scriptures that we have in there, it says... Um, can anybody hear the voice of God and live? And God did that to one people, and one people only, and that was the Jewish nation. And so like Phil, Brother Phil said, if God has spoken something, how important is it? And God is delineating who He is and what He expects of us through these commandments. So here's just a, a rendition of it. I'm, I want to just go through some basics first. The Ten Commandments compared. I thank uh, Mata for bringing this up to me, Demrowski for uh, sharing with me in a previous forum a couple of years ago I did. The Jews the primarily and the Protestants have the same set of uh, Ten Commandments. There's ten of them, but the Roman Catholics, the Eastern Orthodox Church has a different delineation. Can anybody tell me from looking at this, what's the difference and what's the significance and why? From first blush or if you already know it. What's that? Did the leave them out? Did the Catholics leave no, they, leave, they put them all in. But what's interesting, and we'll find out why, they combine, the Catholics combine, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods beside me. And then they continue on. In that first one, they leave out, like you said, they do leave it out, but I think they include it. This one should, shouldn't, doesn't show it, but they include it in the first one. You shall have no graven images. And we're going to find out why they leave that one in there. It's kind of significant. And then to make up for that, because you've got to have ten, right? They split up the covet. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And just in case, you know, then you shall also not covet your neighbor's goods. But there's a reason why they do that. And we're going to get into what the importance of that is. But good point. Yeah, they do leave it out in portion, especially on this one. Ten Commandments, you're going to hear a lot of the word Decalogue. I think as Christians we should know what some of these terminologies mean when somebody says Decalogue. That's just a transliteration. What transliteration means is if it's something in another language, they just make it into the English language and Americanize it. Um, So Decalogue is from the Greek reading of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, in there it would call it the 10 words, which Decca, we know deca decimeter. That's 10. Logos is, log is word, so it's decalogue. So when sometimes people ask you, why do you guys call it a Decalogue? I don't know. Well, now we kind of know where that decalogue comes from. And in uh, Exodus 34:28 reads this, "And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights, and he did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables, the words of the covenant the words they're they're literally called just words thou you shall don't do this don't do this do this and then he says the ten commandments so not only is it in the septuagint mentioned that way in its ten words but here it says the words of the covenant so each covenant is called a word the jews would know it as the word the words the ten words uh, so they're found in Deuteronomy. We're, we're we're used to Exodus 20. They're also found in Deuteronomy chapter five. There's two versions, and they're very similar. There's some different version uh, different differences between them, but they're, it's a in Deuteronomy we know is a repeating of the law. Um, God spoke out of the mountain. We talked about it. How many times have you guys heard that's in the Old Testament? You said it. Well, Tom, what do you mean by "that's in the Old Testament"? Well, Are you just telling us where it is in the Bible that you know where it is? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've typically said as a joke, as a you know, it doesn't
0: matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't apply, right? How? Okay.
3: Same thing. You say, "Oh, it doesn't apply to us
0: today." Or, okay. Yeah. I, and yeah. it's what's what, it's there's loaded into something like that, like almost. Nothing in the Old Testament matters is kind of implied in that. Like, because I could say that about thou shalt not commit adultery. That's in the Old Testament. I think I'd get into some trouble if I would say that, right? So, our and I think this is very important as Christians, our words mean things. We are very flippant with our words. And when we say something, we better know what we're talking about we say, well, that's in the Old Testament. Okay, it's in the Old Testament. You know where it's at. Wonderful. So... Um, how, what, what we need to do to all the Old Testament commandments and all the Old Testament is we ask ourselves, how does it apply today? And there's two tests that we can use. Um, I use this test. with One is, are they confirmed in the New Testament? I used to believe that if it was repeated in the New Testament, therefore it is valid. Can, does anybody know why that argument could be problematic? Okay, there may have been some that was not repeated. Okay, good point. Now, think about with your kids. and if, Those of us who have had kids, and we've given them a command on Saturday. Let's say we tell our children, you know, Rudy, I don't want you to hit Leah. I don't want you to hit her. It's Saturday. Sunday comes, and Rudy goes up and wallops Leah in the face. And I say, Rudy, I told you not to hit Leah. What could if I use the logic of it's 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 not confirmed, repeated in the New Testament? What could Rudy say back to me? That was yesterday, Dad. Yes. Oh, Dad, that was yesterday. That's in the old day. (laughs) So we 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 if we do stuff like that, we're gonna be our our kids and even our logic is flawed because we're like it doesn't have to be repeated. What I would say to Rudy, Rudy unless I rescind my decision that you can't hit your your sister it stands so when people start saying well that's in the old testament or if they say well every commandment that is repeated in the new testament that's what's valid that's well that is if it's repeated in the new testament it's it's probably it's solid but that's not the test the test is, is it changed or modified or removed the New Testament? And we're going to have to start flying through this. What I mean by this, there's, there's ten commandments, there's a pre, there's almost like four to five minutes, and there's a married singles basketball game that I think that they need me for, which I know they don't, but I think the marrieds need me, so I've got to be there at three. So there, we will have a hard stop. All right. Okay, but um, for those who are in Mansfield, good Lord willing, and me still living, um, I, I plan to go through about a sermon each on each of these commandments. So bear with, so you, you Mansfielders, you're gonna be, you're gonna, ha- you're gonna have your up the wazoo with uh, the commandments. But we're gonna have to fly through these because we have, you know, only about an hour to go through this. So the ways to look at through the Decalogue. What are some ways to look at the Ten Commandments when you when you talk to people about the Ten Commandments? What are some ways that people look at the Ten Commandments as far as what's their purpose? Barb? To define sin. sin. And I, I, who would agree with that that's true? Absolutely. I don't see that the Ten
2: Commandments. Even those people that think the Old Testament is the Old Testament and people listen to it, I've never heard of the abolishing the Ten Commandments. So I think they're very significant in every Christian's life.
0: Okay. And the question will be, is everyone equally significant? That's what we're, we'll, we'll get to. There's one commandment that I could not do without four slides. And it's the one that's the most problematic or the one that's most and where the theologians debate the most. And it's the one that you got to spend four slides on it, but we'll, we'll breeze through it. Okay. Absolutely. What did Jesus say? Search the scriptures, for in them you will find me. There's, and it's our task as biblical theologians, everyone here is a theologian, is to look in the scripture and see where do I find Jesus? How do I find Jesus in that scripture? Um, is the Ten, are the Ten Commandments a pathway to God? It's purposely a loaded question, so be careful how you answer it. I'm ready to hammer. Yes. And and that that is beautiful. Those are his characteristics. What I'm going to do with the teens is I'm going to have the teens when they come in write down their own characteristics. You know, I I like to read. I like to study. I like to play basketball. I like to run. I I like to uh, think that I'm uh, humorous and use props in my humor. I, I like to do these things, right? We're going to lay down our... Our characteristics, and then we're going to say, "Okay, um, I don't like her when that you that you like to read books. That's annoying to me. I want you to stop reading those b- books. Why are you such a bookworm? What would you say if somebody were to say that to me, or my wife were to try to change me? When you read too much, what's your problem? Why do you even get such enjoyment out of doing that? What would you What would you say to that? That's who I am. How much more?" God is saying, This is who I am. These Ten Commandments are what I am like. But we have no trouble saying something like, God, that's why are you so harsh? Like Phyllis praying. Why are you so holy? Why do you hold these standards? Come on. No adultery. Get over it, God. What is the problem? No killing? That guy's annoying. He needs to be gone. But we, we do these rationalizations and think that God should kowtow to us. But immediately when I said this about my reading, you guys would be, you immediately say, yeah, why is that guy... He, if everyone wants to read, let him read. These are the characteristics of God that God is saying, hey, this is what I'm like. Take it or leave it. This is what I'm like. And I am the creator of the universe. I'm not changing for you who I created. Very good. Is it a pathway to God, though? Okay, yes and no. Jesus came because he knew that we cannot live by the law. Yes. But we, by person. We. That's the difference, but he said also, I didn't come to change it. I came. We'll talk about we'll Philip. Can you, uh, can you, uh, can you uh, follow the Ten Commandments and then get to heaven? No. It does not lead us to heaven. Okay, it does not lead us to heaven. And if you did that, what would it require? Hundred percent, hundred percent of the time, right? It's not eighty percent, not ninety percent. So, it, mess one mess up, we're, we're, we're you know I, we're, somebody will know this from the scripture where it says, "If we in, in James, if we met, if we in one part fall, right. if you offend in one part, you offend in all. Boom, you're finished. It's done. So, very good. So, it's here's some of the ten laws. Ten Laws God wants us to keep, the best way for society to live, uh, the pathway. When you talk to a lot of Roman Catholics and very uh, religious, even Protestants, they'll say, I keep the Ten Commandments. What we're going to find out today, we don't keep the Ten Commandments. What we're going to find out tonight, today, is when we look at how the Ten Commandments, how rigid they are and how how deep they go, we don't keep the Ten Commandments. Um, The decalogue, how is the decalogue grace? I mean we always think, law, it's rough, it's oh it's 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 rigid, it tells me what I can't do. How is though the decalogue, how's the Ten Commandments, how are they grace? How are they actually grace? What part of grace are they? Yes. What did Paul say along that line, Barb? What did what did what was Paul excited about, or you know, what did he say? What what did uh, what, what commandment did Paul use to show that he was sinful? No, we didn't know sin. no. Yes, and he, the one was, I did not know to covet, except for the Thou shalt not covet. So. That's why when we, people say grace is... The law is... I, I only follow grace. The law, without the law, there is no grace. Without grace, there the law. They're, they are intertwined. So grace and the law are very important. Also, it leads us to Christ. And what we're going to see in every, everyone is it's fulfilled in Christ. And I'm going to read this. Um, I'm going to use ESV. It's just easier to understand. And because of him... It's 1 Corinthians 1 through 30. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus is our righteousness. He fulfilled the law fully. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, how that happened. We talked a little bit about this. Um, This lower part is what I didn't talk. The Ten Commandments are God's DNA. Like we talked about, this is what God is. God's saying, this is who I am. The negative part, which I'm going to use a little bit with the teens, and I'm going to talk quickly with you, is sometimes we get mad, you know, like, why is God this way? None of us goes out in front of a bus that's running for us and, say, and, and the bus hits us like, why did the bus do that? Why did that momentum kill me? Or when none of us is, is dumb enough to go into a socket and put your fingers in it because we know that electricity will kill us. Gravity. Nobody wants to jump off a cliff thinking they're going to survive saying that, you know what, gravity's not going to affect me today. The Ten Commandments are God saying, this is what will kill you. This is the negative side. This is what will kill you. Violate these. This is what I don't like. This will kill you. That's the negative side. I think sometimes it might be good for us. You know, disease. We don't go you know, lick the toilet rim in our, in our, in our, in our thing thinking that, oh, that's good for me to do. I'm not going to get E. coli or some other thing. Okay. We'll skip over this one. There are three aspects to the Mosaic Covenant, the moral law, ceremonial law, and civil law. What part of the Ten Commandments is generally considered? The moral. the moral law, Tony, exactly. So we're Okay, so what do we follow in the New Testament era? Some common questions. Um, pork and shrimp, feasts, clothing, you know, in, the, uh, in Deuteronomy where it says you're not supposed to weave certain different types of cloth together. Do we follow those... Do we follow the uh, pork? Are we we allowed to eat pork and shrimp? Feasts? What about like the new moon holidays? Do we have to follow those? The Tabernacle feasts, Tabernacles? Nope. What about Sabbath? Yes, we should. Yes, we should. It's a bold statement. And you know what? What I'm going to give to you is, is I'm going to give you there is some theological debate on that, and in this in this forum we're not going to fully decide that. and then, um, does the New Testament, the way we're going to look at it, everything in the scripture, does the New Testament reaffirm or change stuff? And we know, Paul or Peter is the one that said, hey, I can eat all things. What God has made clean, I'm not going to call unclean. It, the, the civil laws and especially the, the ceremonial laws, very crystal clear that they were changed. The Sabbath is the one, the one commandment that we're talking about, that is the most, that is the most debated as far as how much of it do we follow. Um, What did Jesus say about the law? One primary law, love God. The other one that was derived from that, love others. So those are the two primary commandments that Jesus had. Now we're going to get into our text. And if anybody has a Bible, which generally we don't bring it to the afternoon forum, but if somebody has Deuteronomy chapter 20, or not Deuteronomy, uh, Exodus chapter 20, does anybody have one? Why don't you read... um, that the for the prologue of that, which is where I am the Lord your your God, that would be Exodus twenty. Yes, say in verse one and verse one and two. And verse three. Thanks. Sorry. Okay. I think what's important, and I was driving along the road here, and I, it, it hit me like, these Ten Commandments are not a pathway to heaven. They're not the way that you keep these and you will live, because we'll find out you, we will not keep them, and we have not kept them. But God is first, and you can see Jesus, how is Jesus in this first prologue of the Ten Commandments? How is Jesus in here? Oh, he always did his Father's will. What's he doing here, though? He delivered, he delivered us. That hit me just a couple days ago. and I've been studying this for about six months. Um, and that just hit me as I was listening uh, listening to the, to, the, to the Ten Commandments. I'm like, the Lord delivered them. So for us to be saved, for us to follow the Ten Commandments, you first got to be delivered. And that's why he didn't say... I'm going, to de- I'm going to follow the Ten Commandments first, and then I'll deliver you. He delivered you out, and he said, I am delivered you out of Egypt. Remember, they're coming out of a pagan culture, lots of, lots of, lots of uh, gods. I'm delivering you out here. This is how I am. This is how I live, and this is how I want you to live. So very important thinking there is, this is for the believer how to act. Now, honestly, um, I, I re- there's a book that I don't recommend, as long as you understand the fallacies of it. Um, Prager, what's his name? Dennis Prager. He wrote a book. He's a Jewish man. It's about the Ten Commandments, the best way to live. In the in there, you'll see tons of fallacies. That I read to one of my kids and said, "What's the fallacy here?" It said, "It said you know something about men and women being evil, though we are not innately evil." He wrote in there. You could see that um, even a, a, a society that's not Christian living by the Ten Commandments is better than by living by any other commandments. It's, it's a good way to live, but it will never ever save us. And that's important. God has to deliver us out and then he gives us the law. He delivers us and then he gives us the law and says, this is how I am. So let's look at the first one. Commandment one, no other gods before me. So what are some, um, what are some ways that we believe What's what's some of your thinking? If somebody says, "What are no other gods before me?" What do you think of that commandment? When, how do we violate that commandment, or how is that violated? Yep, you first. When you put yourself first, your motives, your desires ahead of God's, great. How are some other ways that the world, that anybody can violate that? Money. Yep, put all our time and in energy uh, other than God. Mine and possessions. Mine and... Cars, house. Okay, possessions, yep. Like which other gods are there that, that God doesn't like? Just name some. Well, the Old Testament said they have a God for rain, they have a God for all kinds
3: of stuff. Yep.
0: Allah Pope any uh Buddha. any Mormonism uh, Je- what's that? Buddha. Buddha Jehovah witness anything any other god and what's interesting about this is I think in America we've we, I know we have we've lost what, what I what we what I've heard is called throne language when we think of um and you know what actually no that's that's for the next commandment. And I want to really keep the two commandments separate because they are um so we got that um, yeah, actually it's on this one there should be no other gods before me what do we mean when we talk about Queen Elizabeth Canadians are still under not really but they're under um, they're under somewhat yes the Commonwealth of, of, of England right what does it mean to come before the Queen right you bow down in America we, don't, we haven't done that we, we don't have that We do not have a king, we do not have a queen, but this is throne language. And what that means is, when you come into the presence of God, there are no other gods beside him. It's not like, other than him, he's not saying like there are no other, you you don't order him God first and everything else. There's a a word, um, polytheism is, the violations of this is worshipping multiple gods. There's one, there's one word, henotheistic, is prioritizing God at the top heap of God. So, what would happen in Israelite time is they'd go into an area and they would have the, the Baal worship, or as it's actually supposed to be pronounced, it's B A hyphenation A L, it's Baal. That worship, what they would do is oftentimes they would move Baal or Baal over and then they would put God there. They would, they would worship God there, they would move the stuff out. What God is saying is, "No, I am not the head heap of all the gods. I am the only God. There is no other gods beside me." So, if we think of how Israel was reading this, is they were reading this as as throne language, as as a king. They just came out of Egypt where there was a pharaoh, and they understood this. There were no other gods, and so sometimes we like to we like to say, "Well, I'm going to f- first is you know is God, then it's, then it's church, and then it's family, and it's my work," and we try to delineate and. And God is saying, saying, no, there are no other gods. There are no... Your loyalties cannot be divided. There's not an order, a pecking order. Very important. And then I want to go... How did Jesus fulfill this? Before Abraham was, Jesus said, I am. Jesus fulfilled this saying that I am the God. I am the one that brought you out of Israel. I am the one that was at the burning bush. I am the one that saved you. Yes. Yes. Yes, he did, right? He... Yes. And, and, and sometimes we get frustrated with Israel, and I think we just got to remember, for 400 years they were in Egypt. There was a plethora of gods, God after God after God, and God suddenly comes in and gives them these commandments and says, there is no other God. I am the only God. So this also streams of what thing? Uh, this streams of monotheism. There is only one God. There are not multiple gods. There is one God, and we know the God is also the god had three persons in the Trinity. Very important as well. God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Okay, so one of the books that I do recommend that I've read through is also, and I'm going to talk about the essence of the commandments. The essence of this commandment is to worship the correct God, the right God. Our job, God is saying in this commandment, I want you to worship the correct God, the right God. And the struggle that we have, it's a good, good book to read, easy book. Uh, you, can, you can finish it in, I think I finished it in maybe uh, three hours, two hours. Um, easy book, good book to read. And I'm gonna, I'm, most of them I'm going to put a, a title under there, Your Struggle with God. Tom, do you have your hand up? Okay. All right, so next, this is one. Essence of the commandment is worship the right God. The second one is no graven images. What do you guys think no graven images means? Hmm. No other gods.
2: Nothing representing him other than him.
0: Okay, and this is where we get no. It is no other gods. It's 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 the reason why Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox Church have it as a separate commandment. Why would they have it as a separate commandment or leave it out? They do. They have. You would, if, if a Roman Catholic or an Eastern Orthodox or from the Eastern church would come into here, they would look at this and say, is this all, you know, are you guys really poor? Do you guys need some money to put some, okay, okay, you got something over there. That's kind of pretty. That's kind of nice. You got something in the back there, I haven't quite figured it out. Okay. You got the show bread. Okay. We got something there, but where's, you know, do you guys need a little bit more cash to put some more icons up there? What this commandment is teaching is God does not, it's not a continuation of the second commandment. God already took care of that. He's not talking about a false God. Now, okay, don't have a Baal, don't worship this Baal. He's saying, now that you understand that you need to worship me, I want want you to worship me. And the the, the essence of this is worship the right God in the right manner, how he wants to be worshipped. Worship God the way he wants to be worshipped. There are no images and icons in worship of the true God. What's the problem with icons and images?
2: You start praying to
0: them. You start praying to them? Okay. Agreed? Worship. worship them? Now, if you would ask, I got to be honest, if you would ask the Roman Catholics, do they worship? Would they say they do? No. They would say they worship the image behind it. Okay, potential for them to yield the yield powder. Okay, if we had a picture, even this, even if we were, okay, a picture of a of Christ on the cross. What's that depict? His crucifixion that he's, that he's still on the cross? It's so it's like he got part of the picture, but not quite everything. Okay, now what about if we if we had another picture and we. Used this, and we looked at it, and that was our image of God sitting on the right hand of the Father. What's it missing there? The crucifixion. There's a reason why God said, "I want you," and it's a reason why God used voices, He used words instead of images. Now, that's, this is not saying that you know all images are wrong. You, you, in children's books, you have images using. But and a lot of times people will say, "Well, doesn't it oftentimes aid in the worship of God?" And the answer to that is, if God descri- prescribed how He wants to be worshipped, I don't think we should try to help God in how He thinks He should be worshipped. If I like something a certain way and I create it a certain way, and I am, and, and here's a, it's a, such a small because God is infinite. We need to follow how God wants to. And I'm going to give you a few examples. Um, at Mount Sinai, how was this the worship of the calves? I think oftentimes we kind of think that that, that was the violation of the first commandment. Why is this a violation of the, of the second commandment? What did they say about him, though? What, what did Aaron, I think it was? Aaron. What, he said, but he said, these are the gods. He was representing the God that took him out. He was representing the God that took him out. And God is saying, I know. I know, I think calves, they represent fertility and blah, 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 blah. blah." And so it was, uh, but it was only a small portion of what God is. And he's saying, no, I don't want to be worshipped that way. Because when you see an image and little, you know, with our kids, when children see an image, they see that image and that's what they have. That's why for years, I think when they would show pictures of God, they would have almost or Jesus, they would have his face kind of obscured because no man can see God's face and live. Yes, Costa. Yep. That picture.
1: That makes a difference. Big time. Absolutely. Picture, nothing else. But also
3: because you mentioned something on the walls in the house, whatever we have, you know. We don't worship, we don't pray. But we have to be very careful. If we have something in the house hanging on the wall, and we watching on that so good, all the screening and dusty thing, but we
0: allow dust on the Bible, I would say that you worship that picture. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, and we know how did Jesus fulfill Colossians. I think I have next. uh, Colossians one fifteen through sixteen. If somebody can get that, Colossians one fifteen through sixteen. While somebody's looking for that, Luther, when he was going through Reformation, he called this. He called violation of this, and the reason he called it. He called the church. The Mund House. What's what's so profound? Those who know German, if you, what, what what's the meaning of Mund House? Mund, mouth house. God's worship is by mouth. God's worship is when we when we preach about Him. That's why. Like, what did the Apostle Paul say? By the foolishness of what? Preaching the word of God, God has chosen that to be the descriptor of who God is, and describing Him of what He what He is, what He is like. Anybody have a call? yes, Ron?
2: Going to this image thing, uh, bringing it up today. I would subscribe that in the evangelical movement there are some who worship an image. Okay. And that image is the King James Bible.
0: Put it I, I could agree with that. Worship. That'd be a very yeah. That would be almost that like that
2: is a doctrinal point. That is a worship
0: of an image. Where people think that this almost like Christ spoke in KJV and that it came directly from yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a huge danger in that, and I mean that that would be that would be on par. That's a good point. I never even thought of that, thought of that way. Yeah, thank you, Strong. What's that? Yeah, no. Please, brother. Who is the name, who is
3: the image of the
0: And the first part, read the first part, who is in the, who is, who, the, image of the invisible God. Yes, Jesus is the image. So, what we want to always see when we're looking through this is in, in Christ, all of these are fulfilled. Christ has fulfilled all of these commandments. All right. Um, and I'm going to leave this one up here. My, my, uh, Leah texts me. She goes, your struggle with worship, and then Leah wrote in, your favorite daughter was here. So for tomorrow's forum, I'm going to leave that in. She goes, Irwin, did you find it? I said, oh, look who wrote that in. All right, so the essence of this one is worship the right God in the manner he wants to be worshipped. And we do this a lot in certain things. We think God needs to be worshipped this way. And, and so we, we change things. God wants to be worshipped. Um, there is one, uh, Cain's worship of God. Kind of a cool thing, too. We often, we often uh, lambaste Cain. Like, why? Cain didn't know? No, Cain didn't know how to worship God. But after God told him, Cain was upset. He was wroth. Cain wanted to worship God the way he wanted to worship God. Was Abel, did Abel know about it ahead of time? We don't know. Abel just maybe stumbled on him. Abel might have said, oh, I got it right. I didn't know I got it right. But Cain got it wrong. But when God said, hey, Cain, you need to worship the way your brother does, the Bible says Cain was upset. He said, and in his mind... He wanted to worship God. I want to worship you the way I want to worship you with a fruit of the ground. Who cares about Abel, what he's doing? I want to worship you the way I want to worship you. God said, no, that's not how I want to be worshipped. And it led to death. Okay. Third commandment. Uh, no taking uh, in uh, Exodus 20, I'll just read it quickly. Thou shalt. Okay, let me I'm gonna read the whole of chapter five, uh, verse five. Thou shalt not, you shall not bow to Verse 4, that you shall not have unto you any graven image or any likeness thereof in heaven or in the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. So, no images in sense like, oh, this is God, Mother Earth, this is who God is. You will not bow down to them nor serve them, for I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers unto the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Here's a powerful thing, too. God, hate, we either hate God or we love God. We either hate God or we love God. There's no in between. <laughs> and showing mercy unto them, thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Another really cool thing on this is, and I didn't know this, and I was reading through it, and um, the, all, the uh, serpent that was lifted up. What? what Does anybody know what eventually happened with that serpent in Israel's history? Bingo, and what happened, Ron? It got, it got destructed. He made up a new word, I like that. That's right. <laughs> it was destroyed it was gone they started worshiping this as the image of god they were worshiping the true god but in the incorrect way and god says no i am not just that serpent holding up in there and for years after i don't even know how many years ron it was maybe a hundred, it was a long time it was a long time they were worshiping the right god incorrectly god wants us to worship the correct god correctly um Taking the name of the Lord uh, God in vain. How do we normally think of this one? This is like, you know, we see the first two ones. Okay, we've seen where we botched those commandments up. How about taking the name of the Lord God in vain? What do we? What does that mean? Costa. I thought he was going to fire you at that point. (laughs) Okay, no, that's good. The Lord protected you. He didn't fire you. The Lord protected you. Okay. What about G Wiz? Thank you very much. What about G Wiz? Jesus, right? What about uh gosh darn? What about just plain old cuss words? Is that does that is that forbidden by this uh the next commandment number three? Yes. I think it's really important. We're not gonna go into much whatever there are like you can't tell your kids, you can tell them and you'd be violating the seventh or eighth commandment, ninth commandment rather about lying this does not forbid number three does not forbid bad language it doesn't let no filthy communication come out of your mouth there's a good one you know ron will appreciate this but uh, during the uh, uh during the hearings for judge bork uh when they were talking about the griswold versus connecticut the contraception uh, that 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 they started the um the what's it called the clause the started the the Griswold started the right to privacy and and Judge Bork was saying yeah I think it's a silly law it's a dumb law he goes but you can't use the you can't use the constitution to throw out that law you just can't it's not in the constitution I think as believers when we tell our children something and we tell ourselves something and we go by something it's got to be by the word of God It's got to be by the right part of the word of God. We'll see here, taking the name of the Lord in vain, it's not a carte blanche, no no bad words. That's somewhere else found. Those are, I think, the more simple ways that we don't violate the word. What's in a name? When we think about the names of God, I'm I'm going to show you the names. We're not going to go over all this. These are the different names in the Old Testament about God. And the one that's really awesome here is like the Lord will provide. In Genesis 22, 14, we, we, we heard about this when Abraham... Uh, the, the lamb was ram was caught in the thicket. The Lord will provide. He's called a provider. There is something about our names that is very important, and God has a name. It's not just the name God; it's what's behind that name. And when we take the name of God in vain, when it's it's when we the essence of it is speaking or teaching in uh, correctly about the correct God and His characteristics. Don't lie about God. In the book, it says our struggle with religion. Basically, a lot of times people will say this. My God wouldn't do that. What's the problem with saying something like that? It's not yours. It's not your, he's not your God. He's not yours to toy around with. But we so many times will say, my God will never send anybody to hell for all eternity. My God won't do that. Really? Yeah, maybe you wouldn't do that. But God's not asking you about where, what He's going to do with all sinners. But we so oftentimes say that, or they'll say, oh, I'll people say this, I don't believe that that means that. Really? I don't believe that the scripture means that. No. Tell me why your interpretation is better than my interpretation. Let's look at this. Let's wrestle with the scriptures. We, make, we take the name of the Lord of God in vain when we give him attributes that aren't his, that he has not described himself by. It's a very dangerous thing. Um, we'll say something that God is too rigid. He God will not send everybody to hell. How does God fulfill this? How does Jesus fulfill this? Remember, everything is fulfilled by Jesus. There is no name under heaven by which men shall be saved other than Jesus Christ. Acts 4:12. We're we're going to start flying through these because we are at uh, 10 till. Commandment number 4, keep the Sabbath day holy. Is Saturday the Sabbath?
3: Okay, so, why was that? Even in sat- language, you figure in Serbian, uh, it's, uh, uh, what is it, it was a uh, Sabbath, the seventh is a reading, uh,
0: Sabbath, uh, well, you yeah. okay. know, Saturday is Sabbath. Anybody know why? Okay, the seventh day is God rest. Yep, and why did God make, why was the seventh, why was Saturday the Sabbath? What delineated that? And the manna came, right? So what if God had sent the manna on Thursday? What day would the Sabbath be? Yeah, Friday. So this is where we're getting into And this is the one commandment that is, we're going we'll to just go through it, why it's not exactly crystal clear. Theologians disagree with it. Um, it's how is Sunday our worship? Uh, that's in, in the Scripture. That's the first day of the week. We read in the New Testament, they gathered together. That was the first day. Of the week, so we believe that, that, that it was changed to to Sunday. As far as the worship of God was changed to Sunday, um, some of the New Testament references for the Sabbath um, are here. Uh, during the, Jesus basically says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So that's something we have to kind of wrestle with. That when Jesus was healing on the, or no, he was talking about when, the, when David went into the house of God and the shoe bread, it might have been actually almost a week old, but G, the, David was eating the, eat the shoe bread. He wasn't allowed to do that, but he was, there was a greater law that was, that was being fulfilled. Um, Jesus also in Luke 14, 5 says... Uh, which of you has, uh, has an ass or an oxy? Ron, if we were use another version, we wouldn't be saying ass. But when I'm on the pulpit and I'm using the word ass, my kids are laughing in the back and I get to do it because it's King James. And which of you have an ass or an ox that fall into a pit and will not straightway pull them out? Uh, so the, the, when we're thinking about what are some things that can be done on the Sabbath day, even in the Old Testament, works of piety. What are works of piety? Compassion. You know, going visiting someone, helping someone out. And even the Jews were not too big on this kind of stuff. If it wasn't necessary, like you couldn't go walk too far to go visit someone. Um, Works of compassion, what are those? Nursing, Nursing, things that need to be done. There's one more and I forget. Oh, uh, like uh, uh, police officers and um, firefighters and stuff like that. Paramedics. So those... um, so. And I'm not saying that those are the only ones that can be done on on, on a Sunday or a Saturday. Uh, what's interesting about how why we need to even take the Sabbath day very seriously is the Babylonian captivity. I believe it was the reason they went into captivity was because for 400, I think, in 90 years, Israel did not follow the Sabbath. We read here to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land has enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she, keep, she kept the Sabbath to fulfill three score in ten years. Second Chronicles 36.21 There was a Sabbath year. Every seven years, they were not allowed to plow the land. And because they didn't do that, they, they obliterated it, God said, I'm going to make sure that land doesn't get plowed for 70 years to make up for those things. So we sometimes trifle with the Sabbath and blow it off as, oh, it's, it's in the Old Testament, um, there's something it's some things to consider here's one to consider along with this uh, so don't let anyone condemn you condemn and in the king james is judge the better more clear translation is condemn somebody to really condemn your, your worship on, on the sabbath or sunday for what you eat or drink or not celebrating certain holy days new moon or sabbaths so that kind of brings into question you know where the sabbath stands um Remember the picking up sticks? What happened to the guy that was picking up sticks in the Old Testament on the Sabbath? Oh, he was stoned big time. Yeah, he was stoned. He's killed. So we oftentimes think, oh, you know, the the, well, the sins in the Old Testament—those those are the ones that are the big sins that we, you know, you know that we 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 deal with seriously: adultery and murder and stuff like that. Well, picking up sticks, violating the Sabbath, was a death penalty case. Kind of brutal so that's why we'll start to see a lot of these the death penalty was was implemented okay we got that Sunday day of rest okay uh, this Sunday day of rest rest from what work we're, we're to be resting in, in God we'll go over this um, so here's some things that w- w- what we nearly need to be talked about is a couple things Sunday should be set apart from other days if my argument would be, and while there's different views on this, at the very least, it's in the middle of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, the, the, the Sabbath worship. And the idea there is the essence of it is trust in the Lord for your provision. Trust that He can provide for you in six days what you need. And in the book, Struggle with Time, I think we're all going to find that if we work seven days a week, and what, God, what Israel needed to find out was, I'm Israel, I'm going to take care of you. You just work six days and I will prosper you greater than the nations around you that are working seven days, that are toiling nonstop. I think all of us will recognize that. And and one of the most important things for us as Christians in, in the New Testament is our Sunday worship should be more about what we do rather than what we don't do. Are we engaged in corporate worship? Are we engaged in visiting and and counseling and and doing things on Sunday, works of piety? Are we going to the soup kitchen? Are we doing these things that is Sunday a separate day? Or is it just a day that the stuff you don't get done during the six days falls onto? The essence of the commandment is, do we trust in God for our provision? Is Sunday a set-apart day compared to the rest of the days? Worshipping courtly. I want to encourage all of you, a lot of us have lunch in church, talk about the sermon during lunch. You know, we talk for six days a week about our worldly profession, what we do. On day seven when we're in church, how much do we talk about the sermon that we just heard? How much do we talk about the sermon that we had on Wednesday or the Sunday afternoon or what we've been studying at home or some of the people that we're witnessing to or some of the struggles? I would venture to say we don't talk much about that. And I've made it in the past week, so anybody that sits next to me in church, you want to avoid me if you don't want to talk, I'm going to talk about the sermon. I will ask who's around me, hey, what did you think about the sermon? And if they say they were in Sunday school, what question should I ask them? What did you teach in Sunday school? And how was my boy? That's what I'm going to ask. What was he like? Yes. The
2: the problem was, the Jews stretched the meaning of what they could do on the Sabbath. The true meaning of the Sabbath.
0: Unlawfully, right? There wasn't right. even. No,
2: you say, okay, we can do move this far in a day, so what we're going to do, day four, we're going to move this far, and then the day we can move another Sabbath, another day. I mean, the whole thing was manipulated. They lost the point of the Sabbath day. Jesus said, what? The Sabbath day is made for us. We're not made for the Sabbath yeah. day. I mean, God doesn't need us. He's not in need of our worship. Like, He's hungry. Yeah, if they don't worship me, I'm having a bad day in heaven. So the Sabbath is for us.
0: We need it.
2: We need it to worship him.
0: Amen. Thank you, Ron. Yep, we need it. Yep. Yep. Okay, we get that's about one a minute. We got it. So you mean go faster? I think there's a three-point contest. That I, last time I got zero out of a uh, thirty, so I think I'm going to try to do better. No, and I mean honestly, no, I, and you're not I, the, I'm. i have letting you guys talk. Maybe not you, Tom. It, Tom, it's just my design with you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, your struggle with time, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to
2: leave, we'll love your
0: neighbor. to another time, <laughs> love your neighbor. That's not important, right? <laughs> See, and had I not had I not let you say that, Tom, we would have been less fulfilled. Okay, I. Can... <laughs> Okay, I'm willing to, and whoever wants to can be here. It doesn't matter. It's you know, if there's just Emily, you you, I'll teach you all about the Ten Commandments. <laughs>